I've mentioned the matter of using our non-conscious cognition more so often that I suppose it's remiss of me not to have said a little about how we might manage to do so. I was reflecting on this recently because one of my own uh, life patterns, I suppose you'd call it, is that I tend to get obsessed by things and spend inordinate amounts of time worrying about them. Trying, for example, to make a computer program work, not because I hope to gain anything as a result, but just out of sheer cussedness and determination to make it do so. I've been in exactly that position recently with some of the code that Gregory Chaitin has made available in support of his Omega thesis. But it occurs to me that I am consciously doing this, despite the fact that it is not what you might call the main item on the agenda. I emerge from hours and sometimes days of trying to get something completely trivial to do what it's supposed to do, to find that I suddenly have, well, you've been listening to some of this, so you may not agree with me, but some I sometimes think that I have at least a half-decent thought that's worth recording here and sharing with those uh, who, who like to listen, anybody who, whoever, anybody who likes to listen. And I think that what's going on is that these obsessions are effectively distracting my consciousness in order to leave my non-conscious brain to get on with the serious business of thinking about these things, well, thinking is the wrong metaphor, processing in some way these important matters without my conscious brain getting in the way. And once this has occurred to me, I thought, well, I should share this in Unmaking Sense because it's an interesting illustration of how consciousness can, as you might say, rubber stamp, no, wrong metaphor, can pastry cut our experience, can, in, can force a particular shape on our thinking because it is so limited. And on the theme of superintelligence, one of the things that I think we would need to do in order to be more intelligent is to be less conscious of what we are doing, to use our conscious processing powers, you know, going back to the Tor Nora trenders, the user illusion and all that that I've mentioned many times before, that our conscious brains can only process about 16 bits a second, where our non-conscious cognition can deal with millions, perhaps a dozen millions, 12 million bits a second. So the non-conscious part of us is obviously much more powerful than our conscious brains. And yet, so many of us spend so much of our lives trying to make our conscious brains do all the work when the really powerful engine lies in the background almost idle. And I think that, you may think this is fanciful, but I think that one of my obsessions, or the, the, one of the reasons why I indulge my obsessions, is because I know that they don't matter. But I also know that I'm not going to come up with anything particularly brilliant, or even half decent, to be rather more modest, by taking to conscious thought. 
I mean, I think Jesus said something along the lines of what man, by taking to wise thought, can add one cubit to his stature. And the, the extension of that is that conscious thought itself is not necessarily the right thing to rely on. And last episode, or a couple of episodes ago, in 6.12, we talked about chess-playing intuition and the, the way that the intuition of the chess player will mean that he or she doesn't even consider many moves that many of the rest of us would think, well, I could do that and I could do that. But no, a really good player won't even consider them. They will focus in on a very small number. Now, Alpha Zero might focus in on a very different set of moves because it can see further. But that doesn't alter the fact that at the human level, the Grand Masters of the world, the Magnus Carlsons of this world, will not consider every possible move on the board. You couldn't possibly do so. But neither would they need to. Because they can tell in any given position what the moves are that are most likely to produce a beneficial effect on their chances of winning the game. Now, Alpha Zero coming along in not exactly using intuition, but using an extraordinary amount of computational power, could well choose quite different moves to consider. And one of the things that I've never quite gleaned from it is how its top-down search algorithm really manages to make choices among the many moves that are possible, so many of which prove to be beneficial and indeed brilliant. But I hope you can see the point that I'm making, that the intuitions of the good chess player may be a feature or a function of the fact that they don't try to control everything consciously, that they have trained their non-conscious computer-playing brains to such an extent that they can rely on them to throw up good ideas where the rest of us can't. The rest of us perhaps relying far too much on the plodding along of conscious processing of logic of what we can control and imagine when to borrow metaphor from Newton again the great ocean of the non-conscious brain lies ever before us so I think that sometimes we need strategies to switch off our conscious processing and to leave the really powerful engine of our non-conscious brains to deal with things. And that can involve, just to take an example, going for a walk. It can involve saying, I'm not going to think about this. It can involve plugging a microphone into a phone and without thinking what you're going to say in advance and I very rarely do consciously, just letting what the non-conscious brain throws up go onto the recording. So that I quite literally have no idea what I'm going to say next until I hear myself saying it. And it was either Wittgenstein or Gilbert Ryle or somebody like that that once said, sometimes I don't know what I think until I hear myself saying it. And I'm certainly like that. Sometimes, this is part of the reward, sometimes I will say something on these recordings that has literally never occurred to me before. And that, I think, is a vindication of an approach that really says my non-conscious brain 
which I have to some extent trained and directed by using my conscious brain to decide what I think is worth attending to by expressing preferences through my consciousness. But once my consciousness has done that, this goes back to the Tinder effect, you know, swiping left and swiping right. Do that, don't do that. Think about that, don't think about that. Once my consciousness has done that bit, it's done its job. And what I then need is a distraction that takes me away from the thing that I want my non-conscious brain to be processing so that I don't constantly interfere with it. Because interfering with your non-conscious brain can be very destructive and damaging to the flow of its processing, I mustn't call it thinking. Well, I hope that's been interesting. I've found it interesting because I found myself saying things that I don't think I've thought before, which is really just illustrative of my point. Thank you for listening and thank you for not thinking too much sometimes anyway.